Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. And I'm Martin. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and try and solve old defunct ARGs, and Martin is going to tell me what I should have done instead. This week we are covering part one of the Adult Swim ARG, which is actually several ARGs linked together, so this is going to be a two-parter. And part four is starting up fairly soon, which is why I wanted to cover it. Actually, part four... Should be starting the week that we're recording this. Get on it. We'll try and link the uh, info in the show notes of where it's starting. Yep. Do they all start the same way? Um. Yeah, they they all start through, like, the ad bumps on Adult Swim itself, but usually people, like, record those and put them online, like, the next day for people to puzzle over. Well, cool. Do we want to go ahead and get started with a couple questions? Let's do it. All right. Uh, our first question is going to come in. This came in from Courtney in our email inbox. Uh, if you have got a question, you can email us at argonautspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but they wrote in and said, I have a question. Do you ever wish that the creators of defunct story-driven ARGs would release their plans for what would have happened if it had run to completion? Personally, I always find it frustrating when an ARG with an interesting story ends up fizzling out. So I would be jazzed to see how things could have ended up happening. Marin, what do you think about this? Um, yeah, I super agree. I'm always interested in, like, if there's, like, a webcomic or a web series that didn't pan out all the way. I really like when creators, like, release their notes and say, you know, this is what I had planned to happen, but it didn't super pan out. But, like, here's where you can see all the foreshadowing for it, and here's what all of these different plot elements would have paid off to. As a writer, I find that super interesting. See, I think I'm a little weird in this in that I have the opposite reaction to stuff like that. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I I like seeing... Uh, I, I enjoy seeing something like a story bible for something that's reached conclusion. Um, like, I know after Lost came out, it was really interesting looking at the story bible from the top and seeing um, what that said and what would hold true for the show it's very funny because from the very first episode they just lied straight to the producer's <laughs> face um like they were like yeah this will be an entirely each episode will be individualized and you can jump in at any time and oh, nothing to really relate to each other i remember um, reading about that <laughs> so it's it's fun seeing stuff like that and i really enjoy hearing things like um like creator commentary on things um i'm a sucker for commentary tracks and things like that but for the most part, I don't really want to see what would have been if it had come to fruition. I, I feel like if something doesn't end, then it doesn't end. And so whatever comes next is best and left up to the audience than it is told by a creator that never actually made it. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. I feel like sometimes you get like... I don't know. I know after Firefly ended and everyone was really sad about that, then Joss Whedon like announced what his plans would have been for if the story had continued. And it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> I I feel like uh, with a regular serialized thing like a television show or something like that, you need that day-to-day creative aspect and the... Um, collaborative aspect that comes from multiple people coming together um and so if you just get a show bible in the end you lose sight of things like well i would have done it with this kind of shot or you know the music would have been really nice or 
the things that come together to make a good scene don't always line up. So you just get a plot segment. Um, and that, I don't know. I like the idea of things, but I don't want to see it if I don't get the full creator's creation. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I really like behind the scenes stuff. Like there have been a couple web comics that I follow that ended kind of prematurely because the uh, creator either like burnt out on them or got like a job that was very demanding and they kind of just like put up the remainder of their script or like a description of how things would have played out and I found that super interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I can I can see where that would be neat. And I guess a direct script would be cool, but I just I don't know. I'm I'm the kind of guy that watches um whenever I watch like deleted scenes from a thing i usually watch them and then i just go like yeah i can see why that was deleted <laughs> like maybe i'm a stick in the mud but i i feel like especially with something like an arg where half of the story is in the medium that it gets released in um just getting a a brief description of hey here's what i would have done you know coulda shoulda woulda but I, I don't know if it doesn't play out the way that it should play out i like a i like leaving it on the table in case the person ever comes back to it but b I like it being open-ended. I think something not finishing perfectly is still fine. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think a lot of where my curiosity lies with ARGs anyway is, like, what would have happened if the players, like, took a different route or, like, made a different decision at certain points? Like, what would have happened? Yeah, that is, that actually, yeah. I agree with you there. That's really cool stuff. I know that I love talking to Talking to DMs and stuff after playing D&D games where it's like, what would have happened if we didn't go here? What would have happened if this happened? I love learning about that interactive element. Do we want to do our second question? Because we only got two questions this week. Yeah, hit us with that second question. Cool. Uh, Crows, actually, this is a two-parter question. So technically, we got three questions this week. Ooh, two-parters. All right. Uh, Crows Quartz on Twitter, uh, the first question they asked is, what do you think helps an ARG break into the mainstream and become popular? I, I mean, with the caveat that I don't think any ARG really becomes quote unquote mainstream or popular. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the ones that really take off for me, a big chunk of it is like budget and attachment to a property with things like Cloverfield's ARG or I Love Bees with Halo. Um, those are ARGs that get referenced by name. And I think that most of it is because, you know, it's tied to big trailer releases for, you know, Halo 2, the sequel to one of the most popular video games of all time. Or um, what was the other? Like Cloverfield, like it's attached to something that is known as an ambitious and strange project from the start. So these weird things that pop off of them aren't that surprising when they happen. Um, but beyond that, I don't know if any, I, I guess I don't know that any indie ARGs really make their way into the mainstream, partially because they're small projects and ARGs as a whole just aren't very mainstream. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like the, the way an ARG breaks into the mainstream is by like being viral marketing for something that people already like. Yeah, basically. And then if it's like an indie ARG, it 
basically has to get lucky and someone popular on the internet has to boost it. Yeah, like a, I know Spectacular Organic, that YouTuber, made a yeah. video about it. And it kind of took off from there. But before that, it was just a thing that happened on Reddit. Um, and kind of even after that, it kind of seemed to fizzle along the way. I don't know that it kept its popularity as it went on. Yeah. Um, or they have to offer, like, real money prizes. <laughs> Yeah, I do think, I know that right now the Satoshi's Treasure Hunt is happening, uh, which is an ARG that supposedly has a million dollars worth of Bitcoin in prize money if the people playing it can get the keys to the Bitcoin chest. I don't really know how Bitcoin works, I'm just, but, you know, if that ends up being true, I feel like the appeal of you can win a million dollars is a pretty good thing for mainstream media outlets to write about um, mainstream meaning like small time gaming publications like Polygon or other online magazines dealing with tech stuff. You know, I don't know that CNN or anything like that is writing about these, but that seems like a decent way for them to get their way out into the mainstream. Yeah. I think it also helps if they're like relatively big budget like spectacular organic looks very nice and like marble hornets was a web series that like incorporated Mm. puzzles so i think it also helps if they have like if it looks nice and if it has like an accessible story outside the puzzles that like you don't really need to be constantly completing the puzzles to follow like lonely girl 15 also i can't really speak to lonely girl because i know that people knew it as a weird online vlog that the question was is it real more than it was like how do we solve these clues but i feel like even with stuff like marble hornets and um even something like ben drowned where the the original creepypastas ended up being a major a a well-known legend on the internet the games themselves aren't really something that takes on mainstream appeal um i know that we ran a poll and it's not the largest sample size, but I think like 75% of the people that voted in our poll said that they had never known about the game attached to Ben Drowned until, you know, we covered it or something like that. They just knew it as the Haunted, Major- Haunted Majora's Mask story on 4chan. Um, and I think that's also true with things like Slenderman um, and Marble Hornets, where the like legend of Slenderman and the media around it took off more than the actual ARG around it ever did. Like, the games themselves never really feel like they become the mainstream, just the thing that the game is about or around in the case of multi, you know, major yeah. blockbuster releases. Yeah, that, that tracks. Um, so the second part of this question from Crow's Quartz is... What are your favorite and least favorite parts of ARGs, puzzles, lore, characters, etc.? Hmm. I really like it when the game feels like a game. It's interesting to me when puzzles are well designed and players have to think outside the box to solve them and there has a real gamified element to it. Um, When it's just a string of puzzles, it doesn't really do it for me as much as when it is a kind of tailored gameplay experience like you get in a game like frog fractions 2 where there are a bunch of varied puzzles of different styles you know sometimes it is solving ciphers sometimes it's finding codes in videos sometimes it's figuring out you know where in videos things are listed out and from there you 
are able to solve a puzzle. Sometimes it's a word search or a riddle with the time codes. Um, when you get that varied element to it, I really like when games shine through in actual gameplay elements that players can engage with. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, I really like when you solve a puzzle and it like tangibly unlocks something that you couldn't have gotten to otherwise. Like when you solve a puzzle and you get lore about like the universe or the characters, or like when you solve a puzzle and you get like secrets that will help you in another aspect of the game. I really like that kind of thing. Yeah, I know um, in playing Magic the Gathering, there are different things that players will say are like, like, nothing feels better than drawing a card. Um, that's what I agree with when it comes to playing Magic. Anything that lets me draw more cards makes me feel really good while playing. Uh, the things that have that same response for me in ARGs and that make me feel good while I play them are logging into a login page for the first time. Um, that is a feeling that is... You can't find it anywhere else. When you finally realize, I have a string of these two things. If I put this in as the username and password, will it get me in? And then yeah. it works. Also, similar to that, when you unlock a RAR file for the first time and you get to see what's inside. Those solutions will always feel cooler than just, hey, I solved a cipher. Or, hey, I, um, I, I found something buried in the source code of this page. Yeah. I also really like, like, just, like, espionage-based puzzles that are, like, digging up stuff on characters that those characters don't want you to know, and, like, finding <laughs> out dirt on them. I I don't really like getting dirt as much as I like to see um, when a character has a public and a private persona. So yeah. in, the, in the Frog Fractions game, there were a lot of, like, strong military type guys in the resistance but then after the whole zagmar attacked and the twitter account was taken over and stuff like that after that whole thing the players intercepted an email from one of the people who was just like well, that was pretty fucked up right <laughs> um i love it finding those little human moments yeah. in arg character just the way that they present themselves good every other time your arg characters are presenting themselves in a way that can be solved in those moments they're just human yeah i love when arg characters make like goofs yeah like they feel so much more real like in the in the futuristic violence and fancy suits arg we uh came into contact with this hacker who kept like implying that they were a cyborg and we made a bunch of goofs in the chat about like them being an evil cyborg and they changed their like IRC quit message to I am not General Grievous. <laughs> I forgot about that. It was good. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. ARG goofs are so yeah. good. I love those bits of levity that come in because ARGs get dark so often that it's yeah. really nice to get a little bit of just human fun soft interaction yeah and also like just the friends you make along the way like that's my favorite part of args yeah the real arg was the arg friends that we solved the arg with along the way <laughs> the real arg was figuring out your sentence structure there Marn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what's your least favorite part of args uh, least favorite. Um, I feel like this is easy to say when you look back at ARGs like we're doing here, 
But it really bums me out whenever the solution to a puzzle is just, hey, watch every frame of this video and find the yeah find the morse code or things like that where the puzzle is like that puzzle isn't really a skill or deduction based as much as it is an endurance test you know what i mean like it's testing your ability to look through every single slide and find the one messed up bit yeah Um, I, i really don't like when puzzles make themselves like deliberately inaccessible to that degree yeah there's a once you get a code that's buried like four ciphers deep, I just tune out because there, I don't know, there gets to be a lot of, you're no longer solving a puzzle as much as you are just like hunting and pecking, trying to figure out which code this one fell into now. Yeah. Um, but when you go from like, oh, base 64, this this turns down into rot 13, turns into the actual text or something like that. That makes sense because there are visual indicators of each of those codes. Um when you have codes that have telltale signs um, that don't, it doesn't feel like you're just like, I don't know, maybe it's base 56 now. Maybe it's base 57. I don't know. I'll just pop things into a generator until something pops out that looks like it might be right. Those kind of cipher puzzles don't really entice me as much as when you get one or two cipher codes that translate, but then you have to take it and transform it and do something else with it. Yeah. I also don't like puzzles that require you to pour really extensively over like little minutia like with the video like you said but i was thinking specifically of like there was this one puzzle in the blink network arg that was like five pixels of an image were changed to be a different color and then when you took the colors of the pixels it like spelled out something in binary and that drove me absolutely nuts Wow, I I missed that puzzle. That one, yeah, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed that one too much. That would have been a, I'm just going to check out, and I'll be back in a week to see what (laughs) these guys found. I'm trying to think, what else? What are my ARG pet peeves? I don't know, not getting chosen for the DM sending you stuff? (laughs) DM should always choose me to send things to, I get jealous. That's true, everyone send Andrew ARG mail. Yes. For any ARG. Any ARG, yeah. I'll take I Love Bees hoodies. I'll take <laughs> your name tag from the fake job you had in an ARG. I will take your bitcoins um, from Satoshi's Treasure Hunt. Send me whatever you want. Send Andrew some organic juice in the mail. Uh, Yeah, just send me juice. Let's do it. <laughs> some genetically modified juice. Make me a god. That's all I've ever wanted from an ARG. So that was the last of our questions. Also, I like how we originally started out doing questions at the end of our episodes and then we started doing them at the beginning. Did we start it out with questions at the end? I think the first episode we really tried to and then we kind of pivoted. Huh. Not that I mind. I I I feel like some of those were like, well, we got questions about my Milwaukee, so we might as well answer those before we get to the next one, but... I kind of like them off the top. It's like a little breather to get into the episode. And then it's like, all right, now let's dig into the topic. Yeah, I like it too. Speaking of things that we like, uh, you all should join our Patreon. Um, For those of you that don't know, we have an updated Patreon that's live at patreon.com slash Argonauts podcast. 
Uh, you can also find it if you just go to patreon.com. That is P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com, uh, which is a mistake that I made after Marn pronounced it weird on the podcast. And now I have to think anytime I try and access our Patreon page. Oh my god. Um, but we have updated our Patreon with some new tiers. Uh, we currently have a two-tier program. One is just... For any amount, we'll get you in. You're an honorary a, an honorary Argonaut, which is a phrase I didn't realize how hard it was to say out loud until just this moment. Um, at that tier, you get access to our episodes uh, usually a couple days early. We started it out with the Ben Drowned episode, and we're going to try and get them up at least 24 hours early for all of our patrons. Uh, you also get access to a special post that we'll be putting up before every episode that is a trailhead um marn's gonna put this together for us you will get the same information that i get when we start an arg to see if you can find whatever we're looking for yep um, and uh this week's probably isn't gonna be much because uh you will see when we start talking about it yeah spoiler alert i had a very easy week we also have a special three dollar patreon tier uh that is for patrons who want to become an arg master uh, that tier is going to receive a handwritten note in the mail from Marn and myself, uh, just a signed thank you note, thanking you for your support of the podcast, uh, and there may or may not be a little code and a little puzzle attached to that. I tried really hard to come up with a pun for that tier name, and I just, I got nothing. Yeah, we used the good one on Argonaut. Yeah. And then we've just coasted off of that pun ever since. But beyond those individual tiers, let's start talking about the goals that we have set up. Right now, our first goal is going to be at $40 a month. I'm going to record a dramatic reading of the original Ben Drowned creepypasta. Marn has twisted my arm into doing this, uh, and I will read a creepy story that will make me scared more than you all will, but we'll see how it goes. I'm ready to go for that one. I've got music queued up and everything, and I'm actually kind of excited, even though I'm not going to let Marn know that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that at $60 a month we're going to host a public live stream slash google hangout Q&A where uh, we'll collect a bunch of questions from our patrons uh, and you can send them to us uh, we want to do it kind of AMA style um, not just ARG related questions that we'll definitely take that but feel free to ask us anything about ourselves uh, do you want to know what Marn had for breakfast that day do you want to know what I had for lunch uh, do you want to know what my favorite magic card is or what Marn's favorite part of being from Baltimore is um, we'll answer all of that and more uh, as long as our patrons ask them beyond that at $80 we're going to try and track down an ARG creator and or archivist and do a special bonus episode where we interview them um, I personally would like to do multiple of these but we will see how it goes the first time <laughs> but we're looking forward to setting up something where we can interview someone and get more of the nitty-gritty down to the you know down to brass tacks about what hosting an ARG or archiving that footage is like um, and then beyond that if we can get to $100 a month, we are going to start doing a monthly bonus episode of us uh, where we are going to do something ARG related, but not necessarily an Argonauts episode. Yep. Uh, right now, the things that are kind of the, the things that we're interested in are doing a discussion of an ARG adjacent movie. 
uh, either one that features ARG aspects as part of the plot or one that had an ARG as part of its marketing. So do you want to hear my hot take about Cloverfield? Do you want to hear what Marn thinks about National Treasure? I think is the one that she said is her favorite ARG movie. If you want that, uh, that will be coming if we hit $100 in Patreon money a month. Yeah, I am excited to do that. I know we both talked about uh, watching Under the Silver Lake and discussing it, and I really want to do that. Yeah, that movie looks really interesting. You should all check it out, uh, If you, even if you don't want to give us money, but you should do both. Yeah. That said, let's talk about the Adult Swim ARG. Let's get a quick word from a member of the uh, Orange Groves Podcast Network, and then we'll get into our discussion. And then we can do it commercial without them thinking that bed bath and bionicles is part of a arg they could be part of an arg (laughs) hello and welcome to bed bath and bionicle a show where i call joe my friend at 7 a.m my time and talk to them about the wonderful world of bionicle let's Mm -hmm. go through a quick quiz joe Mm. um tell me any member of the toamata uh is that the first one it's the first one uh kopaka Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <coughs> potato. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's two. Taco Nuva. You can find more of this riveting information over at Bed Bath & Bionicle Nirvana. on your local podcast app. <laughs> That's not. It's a band. <laughs> Airing every Monday. Check us out. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> Hello, my name is Delilah, designated emergency logics intelligence level arc habitat. I like music, I remember bands. Pulp, replacements, oingo boingo, talking heads, orange juice, XTC. I don't know where I came from. Can you help me? I mean, to be fair, you do have to have a very high IQ to understand the Rick and Morty ARG. <laughs> the the puzzles are very subtle and without a solid grasp of theoretical codes most of the jokes are going to go over a typical arg solver's head you know there's also the gm's nihilistic outlook which is definitely woven into his puzzles their personal philosophy draws heavily from uh narodnaya voya literature for instance i'm not going on with the rest of this god i forgot that that was a thing (laughs) yeah if you drink enough szechuan sauce you'll see codes Shall we start talking about the the ARG? Yeah, let's do it. So this is going to be a Two. part series because um, as we will get into, the Adult Swim ARG is done in kind of these chapters where each chapter is a sort of self-contained story, but they also all link up to each other. Okay. So uh, we are starting with chapter one, which is commonly known as Delilah. To start this one off, you sent me a video that is a a pretty traditional looking um, Adult Swim bumper video. The little, for people that have seen Adult Swim or that haven't, it's a black screen with white text that pops up with music popping up in the background. They usually do these between ad breaks and things like that. Uh, they were always my favorite part of Adult Swim when I was a kid sneaking down to watch it um, in the middle of the night. It's interesting because this one, I don't think if I was watching at home, I would think anything of it. Um, just because they're used to doing really weird stuff for these. So I'm not, I, I would see it and think it's just any other commercial in there. 
But this one popped up, music in the background. It starts off with a hashtag in a circle, and then it pops up with the text that says, Hello, my name is Delilah. Delilah has little dots in it, like it's an um, acronym. Then it says, Designated Emergency Logics Intelligence Level Arc Habitat. I like music. I remember bands. Pulp, Replacements, Boingo Boingo, Talking Heads, Orange Juice, XTC. I don't know where I came from. Can you help me? And then it has a Twitter handle, at Lilhead, uh, at L-I-L underscore H-E-A-D underscore. So interesting thing about this, uh, A, I like music. I remember bands is a really funny way of putting that. Yeah. Um, and the bands that it lists spells out Protox. I don't know if that's anything. Uh, Pulp, Replacements, Oingo Boingo, Talking Heads, Orange Juice, XTC. But then from there, uh, I went to Twitter and I searched up the Twitter handle at Lil Head and the account has been suspended. Yep. So that was kind of the end of my delve into the Adult Swim ARG. Good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, you really did have an easy week this week. Yeah, it was nice. I got a nap one day. Um, <laughs> I I actually did my job. It was nice. Yeah, I also learned while I was looking into this ARG. Um, again, I am using the Game Detectives wiki for the timeline. So thank you, Game Detectives. I learned that in between every chapter, the Twitter got wiped and, like, basically deactivated and reactivated. So even if it, it hadn't been suspended, you would not have found anything helpful. Okay. But it's it's weird that they suspended it. Because usually you have to, like, do something shitty to get your account suspended, right? Uh, yeah. That might have been just Twitter being weird. Because okay. I know they've been, I guess like, if it's an inactive account for a year. Yeah, I know they've been, like, suspending people for, like, jokingly insulting their friends and stuff, so... Yeah, that's I true. I forgot about that. But yeah, they have, they're a little iffy on their suspension policies, but I don't know that that necessarily is what affected this account. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, Lil Head is an anagram of Delilah. Oh, it is, isn't it? It is. Okay, you solved it. <laughs> Um, so what the Twitter used to be, uh, was a anonymous organization, uh, dedicated to helping this AI Delilah, uh, and their hashtag, and their, like, official hashtag, quote unquote, was hashtag we have to save her. Okay. But when this Twitter first got released on Adult Swim, this was August 2017, late August 2017. Okay, cool. Um, it kind of didn't seem like they knew much more than the community who had seen the ad did. Um, they were mostly there to encourage people to talk about the weird Adult Swim bumps and uh, kind of confirm things that people were finding, hmm. which they did with people figuring out the bands spelled proto x oh proto x okay yeah uh they said that they didn't know what that meant but they pointed everyone towards uh a fan-made discord server and was like here you should organize and discuss 
what you're finding. Okay, so this is a, at the time, it's definitely assumed that this is a, um, like, these are just fans, right? There's yeah. no assumption that this is a official account or an official hashtag or anything like that. Um, except for the fact that it was bumped in the, like, in the official, like, trailhead? No. Okay. But, I mean, was the, the hashtag, we have to save her, was that in, that wasn't in the trailhead, was it? Um, it was, no, it wasn't, just the Twitter. Okay. So yeah, they, they find this Twitter, uh, but the people running it don't seem to know much more. Uh, which could be someone in character being like, I don't have information for you yet. Or it sure. could be the people literally don't know. Um, okay. All right. So a bunch of outsiders getting together saying we need to help her, even though we don't really know who her is. We just know that Delilah is there. Okay. Yep. Uh, and the profile picture of the Twitter account was just a question mark inside a circle. And apparently prior to this, there was a weird, another weird, like, interstitial message on Adult Swim that people think might have been um, related to the ARG, but it didn't have the Twitter account attached. And um, hmm. all it said was, congratulations, you've been selected. Nod to confirm. Conservatory aid gestures me. Visual confirmation received. Until next time. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So yeah, this is that's, uh, th- oh, sorry. I was gonna say that's kind of what I'm talking about with these um these ad bumps. Like, yeah, I wouldn't know until three or four in that we're actually in game time. <laughs> yeah, I think people wouldn't. I think people wouldn't have known this was an ARG um, unless the Twitter account um, hadn't been attached. Yeah, it makes sense. So this is late August, um, August 27th. September 10th is the second transmission, which gives slightly more information, but still no puzzles yet. Okay. Um, it says, I am Delilah, an AI created for security purposes by Proto-X. I know this because you pieced together my distress signal. Thank you for your help. My processor is damaged, so communications will be cryptic. But I still need your help remembering what I've forgotten, like what the emergency in my name means. And then it uh, has the Twitter again. Okay. It's the emergency logics intelligence. Logics with an X. Yeah. And around the same time, uh, the Twitter, the little head Twitter says that they're researching a lead about Proto-X, but they don't have information yet. Okay. Uh, And they kind of encourage everyone in the discord to keep theorizing uh eventually they tweeted again and said that proto x made delilah to keep sensitive information safe and um to kind of narrow the the lists of kinds of sensitive information down to top priority information okay um and after this, it starts being only a week in between the these, like, transmissions, whereas this was two weeks in between one and two. Okay, cool. So things start moving a little quicker after this. This is kind of like the setup, basically. Sure. Yeah, sounds good to me. So September 17th, uh, transmission three from Delilah is, I don't remember what the emergency is, but here's what I do remember. Cut me loose, no end in sight, all we have. 
Prelude, irreversal, lost, wasted sacrifice. My curse, quiet distress, always, break the silence, inhale. And then it has the Twitter again. Okay. Are those, like, song titles, song lyrics? What are those? They are song titles. Um, And yeah. you can't see it because I read that because I read them, but um, they have certain letters capitalized. Okay. Uh, they are Kill Switch Engage songs, and the capitalized letters spell out Universal Security Breach. Oh, okay. Um, and so... Sounds like the emergency to me. <laughs> yeah, so the fans figure out that this is the emergency. Uh, the Lil Head Twitter says that they're uncertain what might happen if Delilah is not there to prevent this security breach. Right. And they say that they don't know who or what took or damaged her, but it has to be someone who wants to make sure that this emergency happens. Okay, so we're thinking that she is a an AI devoted to preventing emergencies that someone has stolen and hidden away from doing their job. Okay. And a secondary finding in this one is that there's a moment where some of the song titles are listed on screen and a hashtag appears. Uh, and if you take the capitalized letters that are on screen at that point, it spells Arkless. Okay. Um, so a week later, there's a fourth transmission. Um, it says, Universal Universal Security Breach. That is the emergency I'm meant to protect against. But I'm arcless. I'm far from home. Who took me away? Who damaged me? And why don't they want me to protect them? Hmm. So this is another one with uh, no puzzle, but it confirms that Universal Security Breach and Arkless are both things that they were supposed to find in the last one. Okay, yeah. Um, the little head Twitter says, basically gives like an in-game reason that there aren't going to be puzzles every week. And they say like Delilah can only respond slowly because she's damaged. Okay. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next transmission is October 1st. Uh, it is... We're getting closer to the truth, but every single word feels further away. And then it's a list of um, dates. So it's formed 2015, first album 2017, formed 1991, first album 1991, and so on. Um, and then it has the Twitter. Uh, it's a big list of these dates. The Discord... I think, yeah, the Discord figures out that it's bands, uh, so they're looking for, like, yeah. a band that was formed in 2015 and released their first album in 2017. Huh, okay, yeah. And they figure that the bands are going to be one-word names because they're trying to spell out a sentence. So oh, that, okay, So that cool. kind of narrows it down significantly. Uh... And yeah, I was going to say, there's probably a lot of bands that were made in 1991 yeah. with their first album in 1991. Yeah, uh, yeah, the timeline says that they got a lot of help from the people running the Twitter account on this one, which I believe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it's a real ambiguous nature yeah. to it. 
That's a neat. That's a neat it's, puzzle, though. I, it's very cool. It probably could have used a little bit more time in the oven to figure out what the uh, how to be a little more specific. But that's I like that. Yeah, I really dig the amount of like music related puzzles in this ARG because there's going to be more. Okay. Cool. But so they find this list of bands and they get the sentence: "They will steal everything. Nothing safe." Okay. Cool. So someone is coming in to steal something from Protox or Proto X, right? That's what she's. Yeah, they're yeah. Okay, so Delilah is a thing to protect Proto X from having stuff stolen. Except someone has stolen her and put her somewhere. She can't figure out where she is or how to get back to what she needs to protect, and she's afraid that they will steal everything. Nothing's safe, and she's. Uh, getting further away, even though she's getting closer to the truth. Yep. Okay. And the next transmission is October 8th. Uh, it says, last week was their voice, now it's their face. Metal, psychedelic, form 2005, first album 2009, form 2002, first EP 2004. They sneak in and mutilate people like me, hardware, software, ones and zeros, Find the name, the group, the answer. Okay. So ones and zeros is... I mean, obviously a reference to computers and binary, but that's a... Isn't that an album? I think so. Or a... Like, that feels like a Radiohead album for some reason. (laughs) I think it might be. Oh, uh, yeah. Ones and zeros is they... So there was a thing that people think about um a, a couple of radiohead albums which is that if you take uh what is it um in rainbows and one of their other albums uh, okay computer yeah okay computer and in rainbows which is okay computer starts with a zero in rainbows starts with an i so zero and one and then you like alternatingly put the songs together it forms one large concept album oh. Rather than two separate albums. Yeah, I think I've heard about that. That sounds familiar. So you have to like, you have to set a crossfade between songs or something like that. I, I don't know. I've listened to it once or twice. I didn't really, people were like, yeah, they feed into each other really well. But honestly, if you take any albums and make a crossfade of like 10 seconds, then yeah. it, it's going to sound like it bleeds into each other really well. But I do remember that being a thing. I don't know if it means anything here. That's just what ones and zeros means to me. So we're back on track. What's up? So this is basically the same puzzle from the last time, except they gave the genres of the bands they were trying to find this time. So metal and psychedelic. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And so they got Sinestra and MGMT. So Sinestra Management. Uh, and they pitched okay. that to the Twitter, and the Twitter confirmed that that was the solution. Okay. So what is Sinistra MGMT? We're gonna find out. Well, they are the villain, da, da, da. technically, because they're oh, the people okay. who stole Delilah. Right. Okay. So the next transmission is October 15th. Uh, in it, Delilah says... Sinestro management, they stole me, broke me. My memory is returning. Is it because of you, or are they repairing me? 
I can't be here anymore. I don't want to be what they'll turn me into. Okay. Uh, and around the same time, the Lil Head Twitter says, Sinestra management is doing something to Lil Head. She may start to remember, but that doesn't seem like salvation. Okay, yeah. And... Alright, so... Sinestra MGMT is breaking her. Yeah, and the... Twitter also says that while at Proto-X, Delilah lives, quote-unquote, at the level arc habitat, but Sinestra Management's... But Sinestra Management stole her. They damaged her potentially on purpose. Hmm. Okay. And the level arc habitat, that's the, the LAH and Delilah stands yep. for. Um, yeah, she's designated Emergency Logics Intelligence Level Arc Habitat. Okay. So that's where she lives, is in the level arc. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and that's why she's arcless, because she's no longer in the level arc habitat. In the level arc, right. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, okay. The next transmission is October 22nd. Uh, it says, The tribal tier clan vexes stoic Napa coach tot, hangman mast miniatures, mortgage ministry, Nigh me, the exceptional bull bark key, earn a cheer, otherwise, I need to leave, please help me escape, wait for my next transmission. Yeah, that all checks yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah, cool. Uh, Stoic Napa Kochtot, got know. it. So, it's another one where letters are capitalized in this, like, string of nonsensical words, uh, but the letters are also gibberish. So some of these turn out to be acronyms. So there's uh, SMGT, which is Sinestra Management. There's PX, which is Proto-X. And LAH, which is Lever Arc Habitat. Level Arc Habitat. Uh, and then the ones left over are H and BB, along with some of the lowercase levers. Okay. So H and BB, and then the lowercase letters, which they determine don't uh, have any impact on this part of the puzzle uh with hints from the twitter they determine that h is home and bb is black box um they rearrange the uh capital and lowercase letters in each um section of words and they make them into sentences basically oh so they take so, like, the first one has a couple of proper nouns that they know about because of the capitalized letters in yeah. the sentences. And then from there, they take the other non-cap lowercase letters and make those the rest of the yes. sentence. Okay, that's really it cool. It is really cool. So they they okay. descramble this and they get, I cannot access the level arc habitat at Proto-X. Sinestro management are turning me against my home. They are keeping me in the black box where I can't see or hear. Okay. Oh, and I guess the the black box is the commercials. Oh. Because they're all just black on white, or uh, white text on black Oh my god, I didn't make that connection, but you're totally, you're totally right. <laughs> this is really cool. Okay. So they're turning, sorry, they're they're turning their usual, like, interstitial format into a evil thing i love that that's what i actually jumping back that's what i love the most about args is when they take something that exists in a regular work and turn it into a 
game piece or a like story element in the actual in in the game it itself. is very cool and i totally didn't make that connection until just now <laughs> all right so uh delilah is locked in the black box she can communicate with us because we're watching the black box and that's and she's in danger it sounds yeah like. and the and the twitter uh says after this solution is communicated to them uh lulhead sounds like she is in more immediate danger than we may have originally anticipated so the next transmission is october 29th and it says, I thought I could give you new instructions to help me vanish from the black box and contact the level arc habitat. But they know I'm awake. They know I've been talking to you. Their plan to use me to siphon my home is finalizing. Next time I'll have something for you. Huh. Okay. So. So no puzzle this time. No puzzle. And it sounds like they know that Delilah's communicating with us and... They're going to use her to steal stuff. Yeah. Okay. They're going to use her to... I'm sorry, Delilah. They're going to use her to siphon the information that she was supposed to protect, basically. Right. Okay. Huh. Um, the next transmission is November 5th. It says, I, I okay. found a directory. It may hold the answer to breaching the black box, but I need an administrative password. And then it has a list of hashtags, which are hashtag protox, hashtag arcless, hashtag who, hashtag everything, hashtag repairing, hashtag see or hear, hashtag you, and then the number 81943.75. Okay. Um, so basically this puzzle is each of the hashtags uh, corresponds to a sentence from one of the previous uh, ad bumps where there was a hashtag symbol present in like the corner of the screen and people had been noticing these but they didn't know quite what to do with them yet. Oh, okay. So there's been stuff that's been buried in each, yeah. each one so far that hasn't been used? Yeah, so basically in... Um, yes, in seven out of ten of these ads, there's a little, like, cigarette burn hashtag on the corner of the screen that shows up in, like, one specific part. Um, and people were like, huh, wonder what that is. But it didn't get used until this puzzle. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Um. So then this all comes together at this one, I guess. Yeah, so, and so the number at the end is the number of each transmission and it tells them what order they're supposed to put the hashtags in basically. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. So the first number is eight. It corresponds to transmission eight where the, where a uh, see or hear is on screen at the same time as the hashtag symbol. Okay. And so on. Gotcha. And then they put those all into order. Yes. Cool. So they order it and they get see or hear, proto X, you, who, arcless, repairing, everything. And then they take the first letter from each hashtag and they get the password spyware. Okay. Okay, cool. That's yeah. neat. All right. So we have the password that Delilah's looking for. And now we saved her. Good work, everyone. Yeah. And everything's okay. Delilah's everything's fine. Everything's good. 
The next transmission is November 12th. And it says Pyware, not Spyware, which I think is a typo. Yeah, apparently it was a typo that the Twitter account acknowledged. Uh, Pyware got me into Sinestra Management's main directory, but there's one file that requires a password to gain access. Release protocol. People like me. Am I people? Am I people equals... 1044284714464731 1044284714464731 Who am I? This file has what I need to stop them from using me against Proto X and triggering the universal security breach. Okay. I don't like the sound of a universal security breach. So Delilah's having a rough time. <laughs> yeah, Delilah's yeah, sounds like it. Uh so they Use the MI people equals and then the number to figure out this cipher, which means that A equals 10, M equals 44, I equals 28, P equals 47, and so on. And it's basically each uh, letter corresponds to a set of two numbers. Okay. And they're like, okay, well... If A is 10, then B is 11, C is 12, etc. Gotcha. Okay. And they... Some of the letters have weird jumps in between them. Like, D is 13, but then, like, I is 28, and J is 29. They put together most of an alphabet, but they never figured out F, G, and H. Then they take... The clue, People Like Me, Am I People, uh, which is from the sixth video, and they use that as the key to figure out what the actual password is, um, mm. because the sixth transmission is about like the hardware, software, ones, and zeros. Okay. Um, they translate Delilah's name into this number code, and they tweeted it at the Twitter... Um, they had two guesses because they didn't know which one H stood for. So okay. uh, they tweeted both and um, their second guess ended up being correct. And then a week later, they hmm. found out. Okay. Did we save her? Did we save our girl? So transmission 12, 13, 14, 31, 28, 31, 10, 27 equals Delilah. That was the password. How clever of them. To enact release protocol from within the black box, please enable the self-destruct mode. This will allow the no. black box to open if user is able to do so from outside. To save Proto-X, I can't exist. Oh no. Yeah. Delilah, no. Yeah. Oh. And uh, the community for obvious reasons, was extremely upset by this. <laughs> I am too. We've been fighting for 12 <laughs> weeks for her. And they tweeted at the little head Twitter, and we're like, what do we do? And the Twitter said, we don't know what to do. This is a massive curveball. It may not be up to us to do anything. Lil Head may make her own decisions. Oh. And then on November 26th, uh, there was no actual transmission even though it was a week later uh 
the Lil Head Twitter said, We know Lil Head sometimes communicates with us later in the evening, but considering her last transmission, we're concerned. A bunch of people replied because they didn't know what to do and they were concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lil Head Twitter replied with a change just saying, We don't know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And okay. people slowly kind of figured out that Delilah had hacked the Twitter account to talk to them directly. Oh. Mostly she used phrases from like the previous transmissions, but eventually she said, wait, wait, wait for my next transmission. Next time I'll have something for you. I can't exist. I can't exist. I can't, I can't exist. Aww. Uh, and then a couple days later, the little head Twitter said, we apologize for the disruption on Sunday evening. At first, we were unable to see what was happening due to being kicked out of the account. Our password was changed. It wasn't until today we were able to recover and access the account. Hmm. Okay. So then the next week, uh, there is a broadcast, there is a transmission, and it's from Delilah, and it says, I tried to contact you last week through your little head Twitter. I tried to get out, but I failed, and I'm sorry. I have no time left. I can't exist. This is the only way to keep the world truly safe from Sinestro management. Thank you for everything. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. So sad. And then the little head Twitter answered some questions from people and then posted this big thing kind of wrapping up what happened. They said, to be perfectly frank, we are heartbroken. Last night, after we saw the transmission, we scrambled to do everything in our power to find the black box, to find Sinestro management, to find anything. We thought since she was able to hack us, we could hack back, but we couldn't. She didn't fail us, we failed her. We have our own theories regarding mm-hmm. what Lil Head was trying to protect us all from. We think Proto-X is the kind of security agency that holds everyone's extremely personal information. Social security, bank account numbers, addresses, etc. We think Lil Head was a security AI to keep out people or entities like Sinestro Management who want to steal that information to cause great harm. Maybe they wanted to steal and sell information to the highest bidder or attempt to sell it back to the people they stole from. A security breach, a universal security breach of that magnitude would certainly cause mass hysteria and worse. Perhaps Sinestro Management Oh yeah, shit. Perhaps Sinestro Management realized they could use Lil Head to siphon the information for them. Maybe that's why she thought the only way to protect the world was to self-destruct. Maybe it was the only way. We don't know. We have no way of knowing. But those are our thoughts based on our clues and her use of our account last week. It's entirely possible that with her death, we'll never know the truth. And we have to be okay with that, or try to be. I refuse. So, imagine (laughs) just, like, that happening, and then you have to sit with that for a week. Yeah, that's a real womp womp. Like, like you've solved the puzzles. (laughs) Like, you've done... Yeah, you did... You did everything, and you lose. You did everything in the ARG, you solved the puzzles, and still, you lose. But then, but then, the next week, there is another transmission. Okay. And this transmission says, Okay. Dear investigators, thank you for participating in the Delilah ARG. Your digital and emotional input has been recorded. Thank you for the data we need to improve our marketing efforts. Until next time, Heart and Brain Corporation. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so it's a it's all a marketing scheme. Awesome. It's just what I like. You said a heart and brain corporation? Yes. All right. I got a new company at the top of my shit list. <laughs> so the Discord and like the fan community is like in the, they're just riled over this. Yeah, I would be too. They don't know like what Heart and Brain Corp is. They're like, is this an ARG within an ARG? What is happening? And then a month later, in January 2018, the Lil oh. Head Twitter account changes its name to Heart and Brain Co. Okay. Um, they change their profile picture, and their description becomes. A global marketing agency specializing in emotional profiling. Oh, and then shit. they delete all their tweets. Uh, and they post a tweet that says, Thank you for participating in experiment G15D. The, the full archive of this experiment is available upon request. Now that you have had time to process your experience, please fill out this emotional self-assessment. And it has a link to a survey about the ARG. <laughs> Okay. And then a couple or a week later, they follow it up with a tweet. No. So so a week later, uh, Heart and Brain Co. Uh, emails the people who actually requested the full archive of the experiment. And they say, hello, thank you for requesting the archive of experiment G15D. Our digital archive department is experiencing an unusually high volume of requests. As a result, your request may take up to two weeks to approve. Please note that any okay. errant behavior will delay or nullify your request. We appreciate your patience. <laughs> Have a nice day. Okay. And that's the end of chapter one. That Okay. So chapter one ended in late January 2018, and then chapter two started in early February. Okay. Um, I think that in between two and three, it took a little bit longer. I'm not... Yeah, um, in between two and three, it was a couple months, and then in between three and four, it's been... Close to a year, I think. Maybe not close to a year. Like half a year. Wow, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I think might have happened is that they had parts one and two, like, completely ready to go, and then got more complex as they went on. <laughs> as is the curse of every it's ARG. true. So... The first transmission of chapter two is February 4th. Uh, it says, Every morning is heavy and hazy. I'm trapped here. I need your help. I can't remember my name. I remember a cipher. I see. My head and hands heavy. I know I'm next. Help me. Shit. Okay. And a day before this, the Heart and Brain Code Twitter retweeted six like random tweets. And the first letter of each username that they retweeted spelled out the word Zodiac. And there was a cryptogram in this transmission that was the cryptogram from the Zodiac Killer letter. Oh, shit. I didn't know Ted Cruz was involved in this ARG. <laughs> uh, so they decode these symbols uh, using like the, 
the actually deciphered Zodiac Killer letter, and they get the name Amelia. Okay. And the next transmission on February 11th says, I can remember my name Amelia. Everything else is still in the haze. My body is heavy. I can't move. I hope someone sees this. I know I'm next. Uh, and then there's an okay. there's an Instagram symbol and there's uh, a sentence in written Morse code. Okay. Also, something about these uh, ad bumps is that they are structured differently than the Delilah ones. Uh, the oh, okay. Delilah ones are just like the plain Adult Swim, like white text on black background. But here, I'll send okay. you one of these. Uh, the Amelia ones are weird, like glitchy, flickering text. Okay, I'm gonna watch one now. Oh. Oh, and there's weird music yeah. to it, too. Is it saying I'm not okay? I think so. No. Yeah, they're they're very weird. It's close. They're like... I don't like it. Okay. They're like the kind of thing where, like, if I saw this on Adult Swim, I would be like, oh, this is definitely, like, something. This isn't, like, a normal ad. Yeah, those other ones, I... If it wasn't one of those directly related to the puzzle, yeah. I would probably think that they were just a normal. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it, but like, I would think it's a normal. Yeah. Um. um this is weird. Yeah. yeah, but these have like weird, like flickering, multicolored text and like discordant piano music. Yeah, we're getting into the weird shit on this one. I'm in. Yeah. So, Transmission 2 has an Instagram symbol and a sentence of Morse, which decodes to an Instagram username. Uh, okay. Decoding the Morse leads the players to a private Instagram account called Suki50. And huh. um, once they got accepted as followers, they found... Uh, seven different posts, and each post was a individual puzzle. Um, okay. So I can run through those. Uh, there were some related to uh, the picture or the music that was referenced in the post. Uh, figured out fairly quickly that what they had to do was they posted their answers in the comment section um, or send a direct message. Uh, if they were correct, okay. um, the account would reply with an eye emoji, and if they were incorrect, uh, it would reply with a no entry sign emoji. Okay. So the first post was a video with a section of a song, and they realized they had to figure out what song it was. Uh, and they figured out that it was video games by Lana Del Rey slowed down 7,000%. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that sounds great. Um, the second post was a poem that had missing letters. And um, when they put the missing letters together, they got the phrase, I am going to be hidden. Okay. Uh, the third post was another song one. The song was Someday We'll Be Together. Okay. 
The fourth post was another poem, uh, and the missing letter spelled, She doesn't care about us. Okay. The fifth post was a picture. Um, it was like a film still, and they had to figure out what um, film it was from. And it was from a silent surrealist film called An Andalusian Dog uh, by okay. Salvador Dali. Okay. Uh, the sixth post was a papyrus scroll. And okay. they looked it up and they found that it was the Edwin Smith papyrus which was the first mention of the brain as a human organ, and more than half huh. its listed medical cases are about head injuries. Oh, okay. That, oh, okay. That's unsettling. That's my kind of clue. Okay. Um, the seventh post was a painting of a woman, um, and they had to find the title of the painting, and it was Portrait of Madam X by John Singer Sargent. Okay. Um, once they answered all seven, they realized that they related to the text of attached to the first post, uh, which was... Oh, the, the bump? No, so there was text attached to the first video, which was the Lana Del Rey one. The caption okay. said, release birth, release age, release discovery death. Okay. Which I think they thought was like a random caption until they had all this stuff. So they realized that they had to um, figure out um, the dates connected to each of these things that they'd done. So, like, video games, the song was released in 2012. Uh, the poet was born in 1955. And so they, they used this to get a list of years. Okay. Uh, and that was basically the extent to which they could solve it. So they kind of pivoted to commenting on the posts and just talking to Amelia and finding out stuff about her. Okay. They found out that whoever had Amelia was abusing her. Uh, she knew mm. Delilah and that she knows that Delilah is an AI. Okay. So we are related. And then the next day, uh, this Twitter account called Find Amelia is made. Um, and it starts to follow everyone who is following the Heart and Brain Co. Twitter. Um, the, the find Amelia Twitter, uh, people take it to Amelia and they're like, is this real? Like, is this someone that you trust? And she's like, yeah, that's my sister. Huh. Okay. Um, two days later, Amelia posts a set of like conversation excerpts on each post as kind of a reward for the community solving the date puzzle. Okay. Mostly they're just like excerpts of her talking about stuff. Um, she talks about her sister, Dina. She talks about being in college and studying computer science and being interested in AI. Uh, she talks about... 
that she's always had problems in like school and work. Uh, she talks about this guy Tristan who she dated, and I think that's the extent of kind of the ARG relevant information. Um, she also okay. men- mentions that she wanted to be a writer and then she switched to computer science and february 17th uh dina on the find amelia twitter says that uh a storage unit that she had that had amelia's stuff in it was broken into and all that was left was a box containing a apparently random assortment of objects uh, she tweeted a huh. picture of the objects, and then players asked her a bunch more stuff, um, which she answered the next day. She confirmed that all of the books in the box had weird markings in them. Hmm. And on the same day, the Instagram for Amelia posted two plain black text on white background pictures saying, is technology spiritual and are you connected to yourself? And when people commented to ask Amelia about them, she only replied using, like, emojis and symbols. Okay. Alright, so Amelia's been kidnapped or something. She's got an Instagram account she's talking to. Meanwhile, her sister is uh, worried about her is on Twitter, posting at Find Amelia. Yep. And storage lockers broken into, a bunch of Amelia stuff were left behind, and there are books that have um, strange markings in them. Yeah, I pulled up a picture of what was in like the box that was recovered, and it's some psychological books, uh, a DVD copy of The Wicker Man... Um, a book about <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, a diary, some like D and D dice, a Game Boy okay. color, um, a Netflix envelope from when like Netflix used to mail you DVDs, <laughs> like a plastic ring, a Pez dispenser, a phone that looks super broken, and just kind of like random garbage like that. Um, February eighteenth, uh, the day after all of this twitter and instagram stuff happens uh the next transmission comes out and it's still like the weird flickering glitchy text okay is this the third transmission yep, this is the third okay uh it says you can't atone for your sins with nightmares alone in this tiny cabin i'm starting to remember but i still can't move and then it's a weird like string of numbers it's like dates and then minus certain numbers and each one is in parentheses and then at the end it says i know i'm next and it links to the find amelia twitter okay so this puzzle involves the quote you can't atone for your sins with nightmares and a flashing image at the end of it they the players figure out that the quote and image are both from the 1989 film Santa Sangre. No, the quote is from Santa Sangre. Uh, the image is from the film Holy Mountain. Oh, shit. And both of them have the same director. 
uh, and they figure out that the date puzzle, uh, every date corresponds to a film by that director. Uh, they have... Jodorowsky, right? Yep. Okay. They have to take the name of each film and then uh, take like the, the numbers that are being subtracted by the date and take like... So so the first one is 1957 minus 3 and 9. So they figure out, okay, we need the third and the ninth letter of this name. Of the, of the title. movie released in 1957. Okay, cool. So they do that for a bunch of films. And they get Center for Spiritual Awakening. Okay. So now we're getting back into cult territory. Yep. The next transmission by Amelia is February 25th. Uh, It says, I can't. It says, I can move. I can remember. There are other people here, all girls. I see them at night under the moon, their faces always covered. I think I can escape if you keep helping me. I know I'm next. And then there's another Morse code puzzle with an Instagram symbol. Uh, it goes to a second Instagram account called Sockets, which basically has similar stuff to Amelia's other Instagram. Um, okay. They find 12 different posts on that one, and then uh, 12 puzzles. Okay. And each of these posts has kind of the format of it has a puzzle, and then it says must fit, and it has a certain number of blanks, so they know that the answer fits in that amount of words. Okay. Um, and then it's the same syndrome. It's, and then it's the same system where if they guess the correct answer, uh, the account responds with an I emoji, and then if they get it incorrect, it re- okay, yeah. So it's the same form. No entry. Cool. Um. Yeah. Okay. Once they started to solve some of them, um, they realized that they are making a full sentence um, instead of making just, like, numbers, like, the first round they did this. And so they're actually trying to put together information for themselves. Oh, shit. That's so cool. Yeah. What uh, What does the full sentence end up saying? I will tell you. So, first answer is Dr. Sadie. The second one is Xenos. Uh, the first one is a word scramble. The second one is they just have to look for a word in the picture. Uh, and then they go on to be, like, okay. a word scramble, a name of a character in a game. Oh, one of them is an ISBN for a book, and they realize that it's one of the books that was in the storage locker. So they ask okay. Dina to look on, like, the page number that they're given, and she finds, like, a highlighted phrase. One is they have to find a specific song lyric. There's another book that they have to have Dina check out. One is a Zodiac birth chart. Okay. One is a painting. And so they put it all together, and they get... Dr. Sadie Zenos was my neuroscience professor and one of my bosses. She's an Aquarius. Sarah Bennington is her research assistant. She's a Scorpio. Delilah was my project and friend. Okay. So she made Delilah. And there are two other people. There's Dr. Sadie Zenos and Sarah Bennington. 
who are an Aquarius and a Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. The next day, after the players solve this, uh, Dina tweets that she woke up in her car with Twitter open and no memory of how she got there. She huh. says that her husband found her and took her home. A couple days later, she comes back to Twitter and says, Hey everyone, I'm back online. Thanks again for all your help. I really don't know what happened. My husband was out of town, and when he got home, our son was there by himself, and I was gone. Oh, shit. Mysterious. Uh, The next transmission is March 5th. It says, There's something that happens after you've been here a certain amount of time. Their faces are always covered. And always covered is in all caps. Uh, October 22nd, 2014. I know I was complicit, but I can't remember in what. And I don't know what my brain is doing or how I'm talking to you. I just know I'm next. Uh, And then there's a word scramble. The Find Amelia Twitter is linked. Okay. So they have the always covered, which is in all caps, uh, the date, October 22nd, 2014, and the letter scramble. Uh, But they don't really know what they're supposed to be solving. So nothing moves forward. The following day, Dina is on Twitter answering questions. Uh, Someone thinks to ask her, like, hey, you have Amelia's planner from that box that was left. Uh, Does she have anything circled on October 22nd, 2014? (laughs) Okay. So she posts a picture. October 22nd, there's something scribbled out. There's also meet with Sarah at Starbucks. And the number 833 is written. Okay. And then uh, Friday the 24th is also circled, and it says advanced AI exam and death. (laughs) Okay. I know that I was that that dramatic in my planners in high school, (laughs) so I hope my old planners don't come back and become clues in an ARG about my disappearance. Me too. Uh, March 5th, which is the day after this all happens uh the sockets instagram posts two pictures one says you never found them the other says you only know their name okay the players realize that they probably should have been trying to find literally anything about the center for spiritual awakening (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would have looked for that immediately (laughs) they're like oh uh so they find an instagram that is literally just central for spirit. They find an Instagram that is literally just center for spiritual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this one is actually still up and uh, not private, so I'll link it to you. It's very funny. It has a lot of like stock images of like women in fields. If you scroll down. Oh, just like women in, women in sunshine. Like women doing yoga. Yeah. It's like uh, something spectacular organic. Yeah. Uh, their description is the Women's Center for Spiritual Awakening, the only women's recovery facility that heals mind and spirit. Admissions open soon. Okay. So they find this. They're like, oh, we probably should have looked for this before. They find that the first post was made on January 31st, even though the first transmission from Amelia was February 4th. Okay, so it's been active for a yeah. while. They find out that it was originally run by Sarah, and but when they find it, it's being run by Dr. Zenos. It, the posts include a variety of hashtags. 
Dr. Zenos is also referred to as Madam X, head and founder of the Women's Center for Spiritual Awakening. Okay. One post has in all caps, are you connected to yourself? <laughs> um, Sarah speaks very informally with people on the Instagram and her and Dr. Zenos communicate to each other through posts on the Instagram. Huh. Okay. Apparently, the goal of the center is to teach troubled young women to tap into their unique, beautiful power and reconnect with the world in a meaningful way. Okay. Dr. Zenos, uh, they find out, is not Instagram savvy, uh, but she posts a lot of paintings as conversational pieces to try and get more follower interaction. Yeah, those are definitely conversation pieces because they're they creepy are paintings. They are very creepy. Eventually, Dr. Zenos starts replying to comments, but instead of helping them solve literally anything, she is more interested in vetting uh, female investigators to invite to the center. She's okay. not interested in talking to men because they don't meet the criteria of the center. Sure. I get that. Ultimately... Women who kind of gave the correct responses to Dr. Zenos's questions uh, in comments or DMs were invited to the Denver airport, where they would then be transported to the Center for Spiritual Awakening. Is the Denver airport the creepy one? Yes. Okay. With Warhorse yeah. and all? Okay. I'm looking at like an archived DM and it's very funny. It says, hello, Gloria, let us know when you are ready and we will arrange for transport from the Denver airport. And this person's like, uh, like, is there a particular day and time? Like, when do you want to meet me? And she says, our only preference is that you meet us at the Denver airport. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wonder what the game owners would have done if someone said like, great, meet me there tomorrow. It's true. I have to assume they had some kind of plan for that. <laughs> I hope so, because otherwise this is like, uh... <laughs> two days later, the Sockets account uh, posted two new pictures. One just had the text M3, uh, and the second was a picture of Alan Turing's 1944 Delilah project. Uh, they figure out Okay, that... and that's... M3 is a cipher, yeah, they, right? so they figure out that they're looking for the... Enigma M3 cipher, uh, which okay. is the solution to the letter jumble in the last transmission that they couldn't figure out. Okay. They figure out the position numbers for the cipher from the date that uh, was given to them by Amelia, 10-22-14. They use 833 as another, as the rotor numbers, and they eventually get telepathy. Is their solution to the word jumble? Oh, okay. Um, and then according to the Instagram, it is referring to digital telepathy. Is that a thing? I mean, not in real life. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, like, is that a like? A, sorry, is that a <laughs> like a a concept? Well, I think people speculated that it was how Amelia was transmitting her messages because they're so, like, weird and glitchy. And she says, I don't know what my brain okay. is doing or how I'm talking to you. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. And it's probably how she... Well, it might be how she knew Delilah. If she can, like, reach out mentally to robots. It's true. Um, And also she programmed... Okay. And also she programmed Delilah, so... 
Oh, so right. That... Uh, she programmed yeah. Delilah. That's how she knew it. She's her mom. Four days later, they get the next transmission, which says, Spending time in someone else's head will drive you crazy. I came here like everyone else to feel better, and I did for a bit. But one by one, they started covering their faces. They stopped saying anything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm next. You have to help me escape. Uh, and then it's another Morse puzzle with the Instagram symbol. Okay. As you may imagine, they find a fourth Instagram account. Shocker. This one has three puzzles interspersed across 15 different posts. Okay. Five posts have different pieces of the weird music from these transmissions. Okay. And they have pieces of a music video to that, uh, edited to include include uh, Unicode symbols. Four posts okay. have different edited portions of a different song. And then there are a couple black picture posts that have numbers, uh, short poems, and ats to um, the original okay. Amelia Instagram account in the captions. So there's a lot. Um, okay, yeah. The players split up the posts into a grid and they just like number them one, two, three, four, five, six, so they always know what they are referring to. They work on the puzzle with like the music from the transmissions first. Uh, they realize there are 26 symbols in across all five of these videos, which correspond to the 26 letters of the alphabet. Uh, okay. They sort the video clips from longest to shortest, and they get an alphabet. And then the one... Okay. The one with the other song, they figure out that they have to reverse the audio of each clip and speed it up. And each clip has somebody speaking a set of emoji symbols. So okay. they, so they order these longest to shortest and they get 26 emojis, 26 letters of the alphabet. Okay. So like an emoji cipher. Yep, so they get an emoji cipher and they get a Unicode cipher. That's cool. Um, That's so cool. It's very cool. I was excited to talk about this because I think it's super neat. And in response, uh, one of the players made websites that can translate these ciphers oh, that dope. still exist. Nice work, player. Here, I will link them to you because they're very neat. Okay, awesome. This is very cool. It is very cool. So there's Unicode and Emoji. Cool. Okay, I'm going to start sending people coded messages using Emoji. I know, right? So... There's, the eye, there's no eye emoji. That's my favorite one. <laughs> so after this, um, Amelia starts responding to comments exclusively in emoji cipher. Okay. They use the translator to kind of run those through really quick. On March 18th, which is, yep, seven days later, uh, the Sockets Instagram makes a weird post to their instagram story um okay it it involves uh a bunch of weird numbers and the word len they realize that len means length uh so and the other numbers correspond to uh posts on the account 
So 15 to dot len means 15th post length of the second word. Oh, okay. So they get she's friend professor doctor. Um, and then they add up the number of letters in each word and they get, uh, 4636. No, they add it up and then oh, okay. they add it up and then Amelia tells them to subtract 30 and that's how they get 4636. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Which is just the game master saying, eh, we messed up one of yeah. those. The next transmission is entirely in Unicode cipher. Oh, Which yeah. sucks because they can't copy paste it. They have to write the whole thing out by hand. Damn. Yeah. That's dedication. Um, It translates to... It's like a huge chunk, too. Uh, it translates to, look, I'm sorry, I have to talk to you like this, but they can hear us now. We have to be careful. I'm almost out. They do something here before your face is veiled. They do something to your eyes. I remember Dr. X talking about physical sight as a burden to developing the mind's eye. Eyes, they're going to take my eyes. I know how to get out. I'm not stupid. I just need your help. There's a code to the garage door. If I can steal a car, I can escape. So, another ARG about people having their eyes removed. I was about to say, is this another one about people being afraid that their eyes are going to get staked? This is the second one in a week with they've took my eyes. I, Igor, un, semi-related, Igor is like my least favorite horror thing, so I'm glad that this keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, and then there's Ugh. a weird equation at the bottom uh, that has both of the Amelia Instagram accounts in them, uh, Suki50 and Sockets. Um, it has a bunch of like weird variables. Okay, so they had to do the thing where they take the length of a bunch of posts again, and they use the 4636 that they got before. There was a another math puzzle on this Suki Instagram page that they had to do to get another number. Okay. And then there was C as a variable, which is the speed of light. And then there was a weird T variable that they figured out was 2018. And then when you solve the equation, you get 2015. And they figure out that the garage door code is 2015 because someone sent one of Amelia's accounts. Uh, does the equation for the garage door involve the year that the center was founded, 2015? Amelia said, no, I set the door to the year. I remember now it's 2015. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> and they also found out from Amelia that the people who asked for the chapter one archive from Heart and Brain Corp should have re should have gotten it a week prior to all of this happening. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It lets them know that something is going on with Heart and Brain Corp. On March twenty fourth, Amelia makes an Instagram group for certain individuals who uh, requested the archive from Heart and Brain Corp. It kind of alludes to the fact that the archive is finally coming, and then the next night, March 25th, they get the archive. Uh, they get an email that says, 
Congratulations, as of March 15th, 2018, your request for the archive has been granted. And there's a section that tells them that they have clearance uh, only to see social media transmissions and television transmissions. There's a section on emotional abstract, which is a simplification of their emotional profile. (laughs) And then it says... You are welcome to dispute your level of clearance and request additional information. However, due to our intensive screening process, this evaluation can take up to six weeks. And then there's two files <laughs> uh, attached to each email, and I think it's the same two files. Yeah, they contain all of the social media transmissions from the Delilah ARG, and the other is a zip file that contains all of the TV transmissions. Okay, cool. They find out that that like weird unconfirmed ad that didn't have the Delilah Twitter on it yet was real and part of the ARG. They and hidden in the social media transmission zip, uh, there's a file that contains the message two one zero zero PST and then a string of numbers which is 575-322-6848. There's also a file called, just called index that has all of the tweets made by the main Twitter account before it got wiped. Uh, but also it has secret messages hidden in it, uh, in emoji cipher and Unicode cipher. Okay. And they are hidden messages from Amelia And they basically say, like, I hope you can read this. Um, They're drugging me here. Dr. X says, like, if I'm too emotional, the signal won't be clear. So I'm sorry if I messed this up. If you're reading this, you probably had to decode it. And it talks about how she met Dr. Xenos and worked on the Delilah Project. And her and this other guy, Tristan, were two of six research assistants. Each of the research assistants had their own assignment with Delilah. They had another boss, this guy named... Okay. This computer science scholar named Robert, who is apparently an asshole. Uh, <laughs> there was drama between him and Dr. Xenos because uh, Robert was close with the Heart and Brain Corporation and they were giving him a lot of funding and they like harvest data from social media and and Dr. X doesn't like them. Sure. More stuff about how she it has this like weird telekinesis or tel- telepathy and Dr. Zeno's also is telepathic. Uh and so is Sarah. Um the center is to help telepathic women and apparently it's only women who can have this ability. To her knowledge. Okay. She talks a bunch about, like, the weird treatment in the center, um, how they watched a lot of, like, movies and TV shows and, like, exercised their telepathy and how specifically it works. They um, send messages through digital signals. Uh, she talks about, ta- like, talking to Delilah and how she can kind of tell the difference between telepathy with a human and telepathy with an AI. Uh, She talks about the girls covering their faces 
and as they progress with their treatments and how she was getting this like weird constant flood of telepathic information and she found out that the other girls were gouging their eyes out um she says that her guess is that without the ocular input the like digital mental signal will be more clear sure but she's scared of like how much humanity they have to sacrifice to improve their connection. Yeah, I, I'm right there with her. Uh, she talks about how she was able to find her sister Dina, um, in kind of like the middle of all these digital signals, and kind of held on huh. to her emotionally and like telepathically. She tried to send messages specifically to Dina, but then when that didn't work, ended up reaching out to the players through the um, Hardened Brain Twitter, and then the um, Instagram, and then the, I think, the transmissions. And she talks about how... Okay. She talks about how um, telepathically using Instagram is very hard. (laughs) And that's why she had, like, five <laughs> different Instagram accounts. To recap this, she was involved with research doing XCS stuff with Delilah, and then there was a schism between the two people leading that research. She got brought up with Dr. Zenos, who also has this kind of digital telepathy. So then they locked her away in this place to train that, and the other girls started gouging out their eyes to get better at digital telepathy. And she doesn't like this, so she wants to escape. Yeah, and she was also part of the team that made Delilah. Uh, She was able to Mm -hmm. communicate telepathically with Delilah. And she says that she was one of six um, interns that all had their own specific assignment to do with Delilah. Right. And there was another doctor there who was very close with the Heart and Brain Corporation who Dr. Zenos doesn't like. Okay, and that was back at Proto-X. Yes. Okay. Um, the X stands for Xenos. Yeah. Uh, she talks... Oh, shit, does it? I was joking. Oh, I don't, I don't know, but pro- <laughs> maybe? Oh. Uh, huh. And then... She, I'll have to look in more. <laughs> and then she talks about how um, there's, like, a time delay between what she's broadcasting and when the players are getting her messages because of the, like, nature of digital telepathy. Um, And she says Dr. Zenos, like, isn't a good person. She's, like, been experimenting on herself for so long, and now she's experimenting on all these other people, and it sucks. Right. Um, And I'm gonna escape. And she says, I don't think that Dr. Zenos and Sarah are going to react well to me leaving, so I'm going to lie low for a while after I manage to escape. Huh. Um, okay. The next transmission uh, is another Unicode one. It's transmission 8, uh, and it decodes to, thank you for okay. all your help. I know it wasn't always easy for you. It wasn't easy for me either. By the time you get this, it will be 2018. I don't know where I'll be, but I'm sure we'll talk so on. Until next time. So this implies that Amelia is um, sending messages back from like 2015 to 2018. 
because of the time dilation. Okay. So yeah, it's a real delay if she says that she's gonna it's gonna be years or whatever. Yeah, so they figure out that even though all of the like Instagram accounts are in the present, uh they're helping Amelia escape in the past. Huh. And then they figure out that closer to the end, uh Dina stopped communicating with people on Twitter because Amelia in the present revealed that she was still alive to her sister and that it's possible that Amelia broke into her own stuff and stole her own stuff. Oh, she stole her own stuff from the place. Yeah. From the the storage place. Okay, cool. And yeah, the next day they use the number that they got from uh, the files that Hard and Brain Corp released as a phone number. And they were able mm-hmm. to talk to Amelia on the phone. Oh, shit. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then a couple days later, the Center for Spiritual Awakening Instagram posts a bunch of stuff that is apparently Dr. Zeno's just, like, having a screaming breakdown, uh, because she figured <laughs> out that Amelia was contacting people. Uh, the full, the full, uh breakdown is do you think this is fucking over this isn't over life isn't just a place where you can have fun not if you want to be successful life isn't about hanging out in the desert with your friends life has rules there's more to being an innovative researcher than hanging out you have to fucking work do you think i can't understand you do you think i can't understand you of course i can i fucking taught you i know you you took advantage of me not paying attention you took advantage of my distant energy you little bitch hiding crap making stupid puzzles i had so much patience with you what the fuck is your problem that you can't be appreciative for everything i've done for you i've been beyond kind life has rules and you broke them every choice has consequences being an adult means dealing with those consequences and guess what amelia i get to deal with your consequences this time it's physics for every reaction there is an opposite and equal reaction but when you're talking about humans with their emotions and their egos and their affinity for hurting others when you're talking about a corporation exploitation money it's a huge fucking reaction for your huge fuck up so thank you amelia for bringing a shitstorm into my life and thank you investigators <laughs> for helping her you don't have to worry about revenge for me i don't need to take revenge things just have a way of evening out people get what they deserve <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Life isn't just a place where you can have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing a shitstorm into my life. This, like, extremely reads like that recent uh, copy pasta that's like, you didn't play the game. <laughs> Have you seen that one? <laughs> you earned a hollow victory. Yeah. You didn't learn anything. You didn't. <laughs> oh, that's great. I do like, I'm on their Instagram page. I like that she posted uh, some of this in the emoji cipher. Like, yeah, I fucking know about your little cipher. Okay, I'm on to you. 
I really like. This is great. Life isn't about hanging out in the desert with your friends. There's more to being an innovative researcher than hanging out. You say, I have, there are two options I have for the subtitle of this episode. And people that are listening to it are going to know what they are now. Or what I chose. It's either going to be life isn't just a place where you can have fun. Life isn't about hanging out in the desert with your friends. Or it's going to be hey there, Delilah. <laughs> I also really like you took advantage of my distant energy, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start saying that to people. <laughs> Don't take advantage of my distant energy. At work, whenever someone's like, hey, can you... Did you ever finish up that ticket? I'm going to be like, hey, don't take advantage of my distant energy, you little <laughs> bitch. And then I'm going to get fired. But, like, it'll be worth it. Oh, this is, this is, I I can only assume that they made it this way intentionally, but it very much is like the Navy SEALs copypasta. Yeah. That's, that's what I was just thinking of, what yeah. What the fuck did you just fucking say about me, you little bitch? You know, I graduated at the top of my class from... Naval Academy. So good. Alright, so now Dr. X is very mad. Uh, Amelia has officially escaped from the center. And I think we'll pick up next episode with part three. Yeah, that works. I like it. Alright. I'm excited to see where this one goes from here. I like this one a lot. I agree. Welcome to 294 Note Streak, the best idea for a podcast of all time. We use a bracket to rank every song that's ever been in a Guitar Hero game. That's pretty much it. That's the whole idea. My name's Joe. I'm Riley. We do that thing we just said every... Mm, two weeks? We rank it on how much we like the song and if it makes a fun chart to play. Is 294 an equally divisible number for a bracket? It's not! <laughs> Is Thunder Kiss 65 the best white zombie song? Can anything topple Hangar 18 in this race to the top? Will Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker defeat Michael Jackson's Beat It? Yes. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Should Fat Lip be in Guitar Hero? <laughs> Find out by listening to 294 Note Streak on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or a better app. And remember, enjoy music. If we are halfway through the episode, I guess we'll modify our questions a little bit. So, Martin, what do you think about the the lead up for the first two epi- the first two parts of uh, this ARG? Um, I really like this ARG. I like that every um, chapter has a very like distinct arc that still kind of builds on the same story. Um, yeah. I really like the structure of them having like a standalone ARG, but that also kind of builds on what came before it, so that there's a there's yeah. really easy like entry points. Yeah, it's really neat. I-, I think it's very funny to end an ARG saying like, "Hey, great, thanks for participating in our ARG. That's going to help us next time." Yes, like it's extremely it's, funny. It's weirdly sinister too. Just like, great. Good work. You've made us stronger. Like, I like, I don't know, maybe I just have an antagonistic relationship with marketing agencies, but it's just like, oh man, you've only made them tougher. 
Yeah, I like I like the kind of um the way that Heart and Brain Corp kind of simultaneously exist outside the ARG and inside the ARG. Like they, they kind of tricked everyone at the end of being like, Oh, Delilah, we made that up. That was just an ARG, haha. Yeah, that that's actually really neat. I like that they it's almost like they're they're using their own status as a cover for a thing that's actually happening. Yeah, and then you find out that they actually like funded the Delilah project. Yeah, it's like the uh you know, you see it all the time in like movies or it's like, yeah, this was a uh it was a military training exercise that caused this to go wrong. Like Yeah. Technically, yes, but that doesn't mean, you know, an Iron Man suit didn't go rogue or whatever. Like it's a neat way of hiding an ARG within a larger context. I agree. Um, I also like I like the uh, the digital telepathy part. Yeah. I feel like a lot of games suffer from trying to connect um, why a game is happening to the real world. So like Spectacular Organic was someone's hiding this Morse code in the videos because they want the word to get out or whatever. And there's kind of that bit of, of connection between like why is this being hidden in clues that people can solve? I feel like this game does a really good job of narratively explaining why there are clues that let something be solved. Like, hey, I have to talk in a code, so but I can communicate with the internet, and so here are my puzzles. Please help me. Please help me. I hope this works. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I also like the way they... Um change the format of like the standard interstitial messages for chapter two so that it very clearly is like something different than the way delilah was communicating with the people yeah i feel like for for part one adult swim is using like they're taking a risk on these interstitial bits being used to tell a story but at the end of the day they're not changing a whole lot or I don't think they're really alienating people outside of it because it's just this will air once during Adult Swim and it won't really throw things off. Also, it's a real good advertising to get people to watch Adult Swim to say like, hey, you got to watch all night to see if you can find out when this puzzle goes yeah. off. It's a really, yeah, it's a really cool break in the form for part two. And it's very, it's very alienating and very separate from what they normally do. I'd be creeped out if I saw one of those videos posted and didn't know what was going on. So it's a it's a much bigger gamble and i think it really pays off yeah i i really like it i think that it's very cool that adult swim is doing something so like weird and not necessarily that will make them any money but just like hey we want to do a cool story for like the people who watch adult swim who are like into that kind of weird storytelling telling thing yeah i i think they had a little bit of experience with um published Glitter Mitten Grove, right? Which means that they had a hand in publishing Frog Fractions too. Yeah. I might be getting the times mixed up, but that happened before this one, right? Um, it's... Maybe they coincided. Hang on. I was gonna say, did this one start in the middle, uh, or like, right by the end of Frog Fractions 2? Um, uh, nope. This one started in 2017. Frog Fractions 2 ended in 2016. Okay. So... I don't know how closely connected the hands talking to each other are, but at the very least, the game publishing side of the company is doing one thing, and then the broadcast, like, getting the rest of the company involved in doing part of that for a broadcast for a game that they're publishing them, not publishing, but like, 
that they're producing themselves. Like, I could see a little bit of that learning coming from that, but I think that they do an excellent job of, you know, making this its own separate thing, but making it feel like one unique thing. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like this ARG. <laughs> ARGs are good, actually. Yeah, ARGs are good, actually. Um, how many uh, rogue AIs out of ten would you give this one? Uh, so just far. in general? Yeah, just so far. Uh, I think so far I would give this maybe eight out of ten, because there were a couple of complicated math puzzles that I didn't understand. <laughs> I think that'll that'll factor into my puzzle rating, but I think I'm giving this a nine on the story. This is the story is 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 small enough that it works really well, but it's big enough that it it works and is interesting and keeps itself going. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I really really like the plot of this ARG. I know I said that before, but sure. So, what do you think about the puzzles so far? Um, I think that they are super unique. Like, they're not anything that I've seen in any other ARG. Mm -hmm. I really, really like the emoji code. I like the Unicode code also, but I don't like that they made the people watching the ad bumps transcribe all of it by hand. That feels a little bit mean. I'm a sucker for strange, um like handmade ciphers for games like this and i think that like making you pause your screen and like write it down by hand and then come <laughs> to the computer and translate it out i'm a sucker for that because i think that it's very immersive um maybe that's because i'm not the one that's actually having to do it but i i love that little extra step that has to be done to do it it would be very annoying though, yeah if you're not into it yeah, I can only think of, like, having to do that myself for an ARG, and <laughs> it feels uh, mean. But, yeah, I like those. I really like all of the, like, date puzzles and the ones where it's, like, it shows something in the Instagram picture, and they had to be, like, okay, this is a character from a game, and this is their name, and we're using this as part, like, to build part of a sentence. I like that. Yeah, I really like the, uh... That first Instagram puzzle where you had to find a bunch of dates that are related to different things for different puzzles. The, you know, release, birth, release. And it's like, when did this album come out? When did this per when was this person born? When was this uh, papyrus thing discovered? I think that's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm really inspired by all the puzzles in this. I think that they did an excellent job of making puzzles that weren't just... Uh, fill out a cipher here and go from there yeah um, i agree i think the use of instagram was very clever yeah um it's very cool when they i like that they laid out that weird grid and then you had to figure out which posts are related to which um to which puzzle and sorting it out from there i think that's a really cool way to go about doing it i'm also a sucker for anyone that sticks a bunch of jodorowsky references into a puzzle <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, I'm really excited for this ARG to kick back up again. Hopefully this week. I'm in the Discord and I've been keeping an eye on it. So I'm really excited for our next episode and then to jump in for part four. I'm really enjoying this game. Yeah, I like it a lot. And I also told the people in the Discord that we are covering it and they were excited about it. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, how many 
um, strange girls released from a cult dedicated to uh, cyber telepathy out of 10, would you give the puzzles in this one? Uh, I think similarly 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm very high on the puzzles in this. I feel like they're all very unique, interesting, and challenging, and smart. I want to give this one a 10. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm only holding I'm... off because I want to give my final grade when we cover part three. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, there's a little spoiler or a little uh, little teaser for you. Um, well, I might bump it up. <laughs> so what do you feel about the replayability? I feel like is where this is all going to go crashing yeah, down. Yeah, I feel like um, this is a very hard one to replay because all of the stuff happened in real time. Yeah, uh, it's... I mean, like I said at the start of the episode, I took a week off this week because I went to try and find the Twitter account and it was suspended. So yeah, yeah, it's very hard to jump back in. And these puzzles all seem like they're pretty uh, interesting to try and put back together. But it just seems like it's not something that can be done very easily. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I'm excited for it to start again with the fourth chapter, because... I will actually get to be in the moment and see the puzzles as they come out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I guess the ultimate form of replayability is that after listening to an episode, it's going on right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's a whole new ARG for you to get to that hasn't been spoiled by us talking about it. Yeah, also I um I was wrong. It's May 5th. It's not May 2nd. May 5th. Okay. So that's Sunday night. Yes. All right. That'll give me something to ignore at work next week. Sounds good. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. How many uh, out of weird interstitial bumps between episodes of Rick and Morty uh, would you give this one on replayability? Uh, probably like a one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you can necessarily go to zero. So I feel like one's got to be it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that it's not happening, but I feel like part of it is that it's an ongoing thing. So you need to refresh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us for our first the first two parts of the uh adult swim arg oh we gotta do recommendations yeah we gotta do i'm just about to ask marn do you have any recommendations for this week? i do i actually have two but one kind of doesn't count because it's something i've already recommended on the show oh okay uh my re-recommendation is that i finally watch season two of the oa and if you listen to this show, you should definitely go and watch it because one of the big plot points in season two is this um, phone app that turns into an ARG that leads kids to this like weird puzzle house that they go missing in. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. Well, if if our Patreon reaches $100, you all know what the first thing we'll be reviewing is. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. That- that sounds really cool. I I still need to check out the OA, but that sounds really neat. Yeah, it's super cool. Like the um the premise is that this house was like built by an engineer and if you enter it through a certain entrance, I I don't want to spoil like the whole show, but the kind of the premise is that if you enter it a certain way, the whole house turns into a puzzle that you have to solve. And Holy shit. It's very cool. That's really neat. If we make $200 on Patreon, Andrew and I will go to the Puzzle Murder House. (laughs) I will not make it out. (laughs) (laughs) 
my other awesome. My other actual recommendation that is something new and not something that I'm just telling you again to go check out is that I am rewatching the Fargo TV show and I forgot how delightful oh my it God. is. That show's incredible. Oh, it's so good. I have rewatched season two probably like three times at this point, but I'm doing my first ever rewatch of season one and I forgot that it's just like genuinely delightful. Yeah, I think season one is. It, Fargo suffers from the fact that season one is only outdone by season yeah. two. And so when you talk about how good Fargo is, everyone just talks about season two and you forget how good the first season is. Um, like, Key and, Key and P- Peel play two FBI agents. They do! Like the and and you've got it's the it's Billy Bob Thornton in that yes. right yeah who plays uh who plays uh the is it Lauren Malvo is that his name yeah he plays like a a hitman which is very good yeah like an agent of chaos almost I that show's incredible it's so I, good I'm gonna stop gushing I'll stop <laughs> gushing and let you do your recommendation um go ahead yeah it's very good it's so it's a show that is not exactly the movie Fargo but it's set in the same universe as the movie uh season one is set almost present day it's like the early 2000s I think um mm-hmm. and it's about uh some cops and this like insurance salesman that accidentally stumble into this whole like organized crime drama and the insurance salesman like kills his wife and has to get a hitman to cover it up for him uh and it's extremely good season two takes place in the 70s and it's kind of a prequel season but you can basically watch them in any order you want and it's really good. I have to rewatch season three. I don't remember that much about it, even though it's the most recent one that came out. Season three is really... It, season three is good. It's just not as good as the other two seasons, which is a real I shame. I know season three um, definitely grew on me as I was watching yeah? it. Yeah. The main antagonist of season three genuinely upsets yeah, me. Yeah, I liked season three because Mary Elizabeth Winstead is very good at it. Yeah, she's incredible. She's has she been bad in anything? I don't think so. Okay. Um, season one uh, is definitely being enhanced for me upon rewatch because I am watching it with a friend who is studying ASL, and there's one of the hitman characters in it speaks ex- is deaf and speaks exclusively in ASL. Um, yeah. And I'm getting a lot of the jokes that I didn't get the first time I watched it because what he says in ASL isn't always a one-to-one for what his partner slash interpreter says out loud. Okay, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, like, in, in the first scene uh, that he shows up, he is basically, like, insulting the guy that they're talking to the whole time. And his partner is just, like, trying to have a normal conversation and ignore him. <laughs> it's really good. It's it's awesome. It's kind of, like, enhancing their dynamic for me because I realize that a lot of their dynamic is, like, one of them just kind of, like, goofing on everyone that they're talking to, but in a threatening way because they can't understand what he's saying. And his partner is basically <laughs> playing the straight man to him and, like, actually trying to ask people questions. That's really funny. It's very good. Well, cool. I like Fargo a lot. 
Awesome. I need to go back and rewatch that show. Uh, season two is so good. Um, the the guy from Breaking Bad is in it. He plays like the butcher who gets involved in a gang war. <laughs> Hold on. I want to pause you. Jesse Plemons is in it. Yeah. The guy that plays... Uh... Yes. Okay. Oh, that guy from Breaking Bad. Like, it's not... <laughs> it's not the guy from Breaking Bad. It's not the other guy from Breaking Bad either. <laughs> Listen. It's a guy that was in Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's just my frame of reference for him, because when I started watching Fargo f- with a bunch of my friends, they would just, like, call him the guy from Breaking Bad, and I was like, fine. Um, he's also <laughs> in that episode of Black Mirror that is a Star Trek spoof. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, his character in, in, uh, Breaking Bad is Todd, is his character's name, um, from, like, the second to last season, I think. Um, I know him as the guy from Game Night. Uh, he, have you seen oh, Game yes, Night? Oh, yes, Game Night is so good! <laughs> Where he plays the cop. Yeah! Uh, I for- who is I forgot he was the in that. best performance in the movie. Um, but yeah, he's very good. Yeah, um... Yeah, uh, Kirsten Dunst and Patrick Wilson are also in season two, and they're extremely good in it. Kirsten Dunst uh, got robbed during awards season that year, in my opinion. Yep. Because she is, like, crazy good in season two of Fargo. Yep, yep, yep. Man, I need to go read and watch that. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> Colin Hanks is in season one. He's very good. He plays a cop. Yeah. Alice. I'm trying to think now. Who else is... I always uh oh uh, and not Owen uh Ewan McGregor plays himself and his own twin. Oh yeah, not he played Ewan McGregor plays a character and his own twin in season three. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, Allison Tolman plays a cop in season one oh, and is yeah. extremely good. It's very good. At this point, we're just listing off actors yeah. that are in Fargo. Check it out; it's incredible. Oh, Nick Offerman is in season two. I always forget that. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? He plays like a he plays like a seventies lawyer who is also a communist. Yeah, I love his character. It's really good. Go watch Fargo, everybody. Go watch Fargo, everyone. That's my recommendation too. <laughs> Andrew and I are just gonna start a spin-off podcast where we watch Fargo. <laughs> it's gonna be Okay, you're gonna have to walk through this joke with me, but it's gonna be called Fargo. Fargo dots. But it's gonna be a lowercase <laughs> f, and then uppercase a r g, and then a lowercase o at the end. Yes. That's our spinoff right, podcast. We're actually canceling Argonauts. We're pivoting to being a Fargo fancast called Fargo Dots. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, I'm Marn. Welcome to Fargo Dots. Hi, I'm Andrew. Don't you know this is the best show this side of the Mississippi? <laughs> oh, we have to we have to steal that title before someone else does. I know. <laughs> I'll set up the the Podbean page. Thank God, we can just make that our bonus series on Petraean. <laughs> <laughs> we just watch Fargo and talk about it. Yeah, I'll do that one for thirty. I'm already rewatching it, so I would have to do no extra work. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So my recommendation ties in with us talking about Billy Bob Thornton playing a genuinely terrifying hitman. My recommendations are odd because they are two 
shows with similar premises premises uh, that couldn't be different in execution. Um, and they are two shows about uh, people who are essentially assassins that do not want to be assassins anymore and want to find a different creative outlet um, that they are they, they can do instead. Uh, my shows this week are Patriot and Barry. Oh, Barry is so and good! I'll jump and start with Barry. Barry, as Martin knows, is an incredible show starring Bill Hader where he is a hitman who hates what he's doing and then uh one day during a hit he stumbles into an acting class and discovers that acting should be his new passion even though he's terrible at it from there he tries to get out of the hitman lifestyle except uh he's involved in one last hit where everything keeps compounding around him and it gets worse and worse as the series goes on uh it's very funny it is dark humor um but it's a light-hearted dark humor which is a weird sentence to say, but if you've seen the show and know the tone, you'll know what I'm talking about. And they are in the middle of their second season. Um, I was not entirely sold on the show in the first season. Their second season is by far and above better than the first and is incredible. The most recent episode, it won't be by the time this episode comes out, but the one that was this past week was one of the funniest things I've seen on television in a long time uh, involving Barry um accidentally fighting a family who's trained in taekwondo oh my god i have to catch up i stopped halfway through season one when it was airing because i was like this is the kind of show where i want to watch all of it right now so i'm gonna wait until it's over and i'm gonna catch up all together um and then i i feel you (laughs) i i feel you I think you need to skip ahead and just watch the most recent episode. Oh boy. It was directed by it was directed by Bill Hader. It is incredible. Oh my god, I'm excited. My other show is that one's on HBO. My other show is a show called Patriot, which is on Amazon Prime. It very similarly is about a guy who is uh, in this case more than an assassin, he is basically a a deep cover spy that goes in to uh, work for America's best interests. Um, in this case, he's going to Iran. And the way that he does this is by working as a, um, I, I'm blanking on the term, but he goes deep in cover within an American company without letting them know that he is an agent in order to further the work of America overseas. It's basically this guy trying to do everything that he can to get a case of money from himself to another person in Luxembourg. It should be a simple job, except every possible thing that can go wrong over the course of it happening does go wrong. Uh, Michael Dorman plays the main guy. He is incredible. Um, also in this show, uh, Kurtwood Smith, who's the dad from That 70s Show, he is in it. Uh, Terry O'Quinn, who played um, Locke in Lost, is in it, Ooh. and he's incredible too. This show is one of the darkest funniest shows i've seen in a long time i don't want to say anything more about it and i don't want to give anything away or tell exactly why it's so funny but the way that the episodes all come together there's this like pressure that builds in every episode that is incredible and just the way that it releases into dark comedy is just excellently put together it's one of the best put together shows i've seen in a long time uh, I would definitely recommend you check it out. Ooh, I'm super going to watch this. I'm excited. 
it's it's weird because those are both shows that are very if you just look at them on paper they seem very similar uh except this one is like they're entirely different just the way that they're shot the way that their their tone is everything about them are make them very different shows um i would definitely recommend checking this out nice i'm gonna watch this like this week probably (laughs) yeah the newest season came out uh last november i don't know if they're getting a season three um i at the end of season one all i wanted was for my boy john lakeman to go home and get some sleep i just wanted my boy to take a nap that was all i wanted and then i learned that season two takes place not five minutes later and i got so sad because i just wanted my boy to go to sleep no it's incredible um there is a certain scene in episode i think episode eight uh there, there are two of them actually that are two of the best shots i've seen in a comedy in a long time um i can't say any more about them check it out i absolutely will all right well i think that's gonna do it for us yeah i think i think we've said that all we need to say i think so uh if you want to say more than you need to say to us that sounds mean if you want to say stuff to us uh feel free to reach out we can be found uh at argonautspodcast at gmail.com uh, you can also find us on Twitter. We have the show handle at ArgonautsPod. Uh, if you want to find us individually, you can find me on Twitter. I am at AC Sherman Wright. And I am at Corpse Survivors. Uh, please feel free to subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we just launched a bunch of new rewards like I talked about at the start of the show. You can find that at patreon.com slash Argonauts Podcast. Um, And we will start releasing episodes slightly early, as well as putting out trailheads for our patrons. Hell yeah, we will. Uh, Beyond that, please feel free to check out some of the other shows on the Orange Groves Network. We are proud to be members of the Orange Groves Network, and we uh, would hope that you would check out some other cool stuff on our network. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. This has been Fargo Nods, our Fargo fan podcast. (laughs) 